I am the architect. I created the Matrix. Shall we play a game? So here I am, uh, Friday, and I'm with uh, my old radio radio partner, Dan Snell, which we used to call, what was your name on your radio, Dan? Zip Daniels. I was your Zip Daniels faithful sidekick. Zip Daniels. And so we're going to do a little podcast here this morning. Uh, we're going to go over lots of stuff. Um, I haven't podcast in a while, so I'm trying to getting back into it now. Hopefully I can get, uh, Zip Daniels here to kind of work, uh, work with me on a couple of podcasts. So, uh, Hey Dan, uh, what's the big theme of the day? What's going on these days? Isn't it exciting that in America and across the world, there's, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. But I think one of the things we could talk about is all the excitement that is swirling around the world of influencers, uh, whether it be in, yeah. in sports or entertainment. Um, we could talk about Donald Trump. We could talk about... Hey, hey, Dan, that's a lot of good stuff. But just remember, didn't you just do a big interview with uh, some Egyptian group uh, yesterday? Yeah, well, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a call. <laughs> I got a call it. 10.30 to be on an international uh, television program with Al Jazeera regarding what's going on in Washington, D.C. with the with the House of Representatives and mm -hmm. McCarthy uh, being ousted. And so we had a person on there. Um, obviously, it was hosted out of Egypt. And we had a person on there from Germany that was representing Europe and kind of a liberal view. Then we had a very conservative a uh, woman out of Texas, and then I was kind of in the middle. What what kind of questions did they ask you? Well, they wanted to talk about, are we supporting Ukraine? You know, what's America going to do? Mm -hmm. Are we going to continue to support Ukraine? And they what what did the about, Germany, what, what did the other people say? Supporting or not support? Oh, yeah, Germany, the gentleman from uh, Germany was a professor, mm -hmm. and he was very adamant that the United States needs to support um, this ongoing conflict, this war, because of what could happen with NATO, mm -hmm. and um, that America, to the outside world, he thought looked bad because they were letting polit politics and he referred to it as the Republican Party division. Didn't really talk about the whole country, but he said, it, what we see is your Republican Party is in uh, disarray. Mm -hmm. They don't uh, can't find leadership, and so it's impacting the safety of Europe. So he, he, of course, recognized that Germany wasn't doing anything to help Ukraine, huh? Well, he did, he did say that Germany, there have been conversations about Germany needing to step up Right. Uh, more. So, 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 in other words, here he is. Here he is, a professor in Germany, lecturing the United States on doing it, but Germany doesn't do it. They don't do their part. Neither does France. Neither does England. Neither does Holland. Neither does Denmark. Um, neither does Poland. Uh, I'm always amazed how arrogant these people are. He's a professor, so I understand that, right? He's an academic. He he's probably never done anything important in his life except give his opinion on on talk shows and of course uh the issue is what what's his right to lecture america why doesn't he lecture germany why doesn't he say germany get behind the ukraine but he doesn't and neither does france they all say the same thing america should do it 
America is a, is a population of 350 million people, which is less than Europe. So, you know, the, I'm always amazed at all these other countries that say America should do these things. Uh, but if we were to write a note to Germany and say, hey, we don't mind doing it, but would you mind kicking in like a couple of billion dollars? What do you think Germany says? N-O, no. It, so. was, it was interesting in, uh, in, the, in that conversation because uh, she stressed more about you know, the potential fall of not only Ukraine, but then what would come next. Oh, my God. It's Henry Kissinger again. Look at all the trouble. You know, Kissinger started the whole concept of the domino theory, which was which never happened. He's oh, if we lose Vietnam, oh my gosh, the world would turn communist. Well, well, Mr. Kissinger, there's already three billion people that are communist. This whole domino theory is baloney. It's never been proven, and there's there's no history history that shows the domino theory even works. And when I hear somebody, particularly a professor, talk about it. Well, the other countries are going to fall. Fall to who? Fall to Germany? I mean, by the way, in, in terms of Germany, where does Germany get most of their energy from? Where do they get it from? I believe it's from Russia. From Russia, right. Right. That's why they won't screw around with Ukraine. They, they, won't, they won't commit to Ukraine. They want us to, but they won't because, because their gas and their, and their, I don't know about their oil, but I know their gas comes from Russia. Yes, yeah, you know, you mentioned Henry Kissinger. Yeah. If, if he were able to be here uh, with us, he would, he would say, uh, uh, Mr. Starbuck, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, you say this, but uh, right. what if, uh, it would happen if my theory would happen, then what would you say when uh, right. this uh, would happen? Yeah, well. Henry Kissinger. Yeah, he was, uh, look at all the trouble we got into on the, the whole domino theory, like uh, all these countries are going to fall to Russia or somebody else. It just, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Anyway, I, I got off the subject a bit, but I thought it'd be interesting for our listeners to realize that you, Mr. Dan Snell, are international uh, radio uh, person because they called you out of the blue, right? And they said, we want you to be on this show, right? Yeah, I asked them how they how they found me, and I, I guess there's enough content out there with my name on it that yeah. I'm a uh, reasonably balanced individual. Yeah, but I will say this, Bob. I do, and you know, maybe it's sitting around the kitchen table as a young boy in Little David City, Nebraska, eating ice cream at night. My dad would talk about patriotism and politics in America. He was a World War II veteran, and I mentioned yesterday on that interview that America, Ronald Reagan, you know. The conservatives, the extreme conservatives, love Ronald Reagan, but yet they don't always want to follow uh, how Reagan would treat fellow Republicans and how Reagan would treat the world. But he did say that we are the shining city on a hill and, you know, the peace or strength concept. And I do still believe that America uh, is looked to as the world leader, even though maybe economically we're slipping, maybe though in our image. There's no uh, indication. You know, I, the other day you mentioned this and, and there's no indication that that's true at all. Now, I can, I can only tell you this because it's been a few years since I lived over there, but uh, I used to always read the what, what we called the American newspaper that came out in Europe. And um, it always talked about how Americans were looked at in some favorable light by other countries, but 
I never found it to be true. I figured they're, they're out trying to earn a living and, and get their kids into school and play soccer. And, uh, they're just as, uh, I don't know, apathetic. No, not apathetic. They, they have just as little to say about their government as we have to say about ours. So I don't, I think it's arrogant for Americans to think the rest of the world cares about us. You know, China cares about us because why? They want to sell us stuff, you know? When, when China opened up their, their, their uh, office in the United States of America years ago, you know where they opened it up at? Yeah. Springdale, Arkansas, next to who? Walmart. <laughs> Go down Walmart shelves next time you're in Walmart. Find me something that says made in America. Now, now you may find out something that says assembled in America. That's the, that's the workaround assembled. That's the new thing, but, but not made in America because companies realizing now they may assemble things in America, but most of the things they're assembling are made in China. So, uh, yeah, that, that, the whole issue of, uh, of, uh, of the Ukraine, one of the Ukraine theories, people that are, agree to support it and send them more money all the time, is uh, oh, if we don't keep, we don't, if we don't stop Russia there, China will take over Taiwan. Well, China's already taken over Taiwan. What, what are we, what are we talking about? You know, is it going to be any different if they, if they are, if they have the government of Taiwan? They're right next to Taiwan. In fact. You know, China thinks Taiwan is part of China anyway. And uh, yeah. and we think, oh, that's going to be so horrible if they take over Taiwan. And I admit, Taiwan makes 55% of the semiconductors that are used in the world. I agree with that. But, but what we should be doing is focusing on us making semiconductors, not worried about China taking over Taiwan, because that's going to happen anyway, whether Russia takes over the Ukraine or not. Um, anyway... Uh, I just every time I hear that we're going to send another five billion dollars to Ukraine, I just it just uh, sickens me in a way. Yeah, I think in our conversation the other day, and you made a good point uh, with regards to Vietnam. Not a lot of their podcast yeah. listeners will remember that era, but you and I do, and we did get into that. And then we and uh, and I think we should learn from that. We just got out of it, and we failed miserably in what happened. But one thing, well, I got three points on where I think Ukraine should be. One, I still believe that America should stand with Ukraine. Number two, we need to get better at the accountability part. Where are the dollars going? Basically, to manage yeah. where our, uh, either our armaments or our dollars are going. And number three, we need to, for the, throughout the history, presidents have brought world leaders to Camp David or Washington, D.C., or they've met in Switzerland or Sweden or some third party that's neutral and they sat down and they figured it out now i know putin wants he wants territory he wants the power uh, i think ukraine wants to have mm. their their freedom we've got to find a way with those people to, to stop this because what, it's what, not good for the world. what russia wants is america to follow what america already agreed to over 20 years ago and what america agreed to and senator kennedy is a good one at at uh, articulating this, America agreed not to have any neighboring or bordering country to Russia join NATO. We wouldn't support that. Because Russia said, hey, look, 
uh, you don't want Russian armaments in Cuba. We don't want Russian, we don't want America armaments in bordering countries. So please just agree that you will not support any neighboring country to join NATO. And what did Kamala Harris do? She flew over to the Ukraine and announced that we're going to support Ukraine joining NATO. Exactly, we, and I tell you, I've heard Senator Kennedy, who I think is a Democrat, by the way, uh, articulate the entire history of that, and I was very, very impressed with his, his knowledge of actually all the steps that occurred. Now, I've heard other people now talk about that now also, that, uh, you know, we, bro- we broke a promise that we made, and, 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 and even Elon Musk has said that what we should do is go over there and be a peacekeeper. Agree that we're not gonna we're not gonna support Ukraine uh, being part of NATO because we would because we wouldn't want Russia to go to Cuba. Obviously, that was the John F. Kennedy thing, right? The, right. Right. Yeah. And uh, we made Russia take their uh, rockets out of out of um, Cuba, and if Ukraine were part of NATO. There would be rocket launchers in Ukraine aimed at Russia. Ukraine, Putin doesn't want that, and it makes total sense to me. So, uh, well, again, the, the only, the only, uh, my last point, and I'll shift back to you, is that I don't see anybody, including anybody in America, who, if we're so powerful, if we've got so many great statesmen, right, actually trying to get peace. We're not trying to get peace. I heard one one senator say, "Oh, what a great proxy war this is! We're paying the Ukrainians to kill Russians. That, that's just idiotic. Like war is some sort of you know game. No, yeah, you know people are game. getting killed, people are getting hurt, and no one, if, if America is so morally uh, you know uh, uh, morally correct, why aren't we over there right now trying to get Russia and what's his name to the table?" To be a peacekeeper, we have we have the power because we're 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 basically we're basically giving Ukraine all the money to fight Russia. So we we should be saying, look, you know what, we can't give up all. We can't keep continue giving you money if you at least go to the peace table. And this guy, what's the guy? Uh, Zelensky. He he keeps saying all he says is he wants more money. He doesn't even wear a tie when he comes over here. <laughs> Which I'm not. I'm not against that. So I I hear your points. Your three points uh, that you made, and I, I agree with two and three, of course, right? But the first one, which is support the Ukraine, I see no fundamental reason why we should be in a war to protect somebody else's borders. Yeah, it's a tough. It's it's tough to be uh, the president of the United States. It's tough to be in Congress, and you have a decision like that. I think that, you know, one thought is that remember Zelensky came over here early on and rah-rah, he spoke to the joint uh, gathering of yeah. both the Senate and the House, and everybody was supporting him. we got to stop Russia. I mean, most, yeah. almost everyone was. And now, it's just human nature. Well, when a few people get unhappy, let's start spreading the word on social media, and let's say we're, you know, let's put out on social media when we've only spent $47 billion, this is a while back, we've spent $47 billion accounted, but they say it's 147 right. and they exaggerate, so people get stirred up, and then it's natural that polls or people now are jumping on the bandwagon about, about the money. 
You know, uh, we started in it. I don't think we should just just abandon them. Dan, you uh, Dan, you bring up a great point, uh, and I don't think we're ever going to finish or totally agree on Ukraine. But you brought up a great point about influencers and social media. A good segue, huh? A good segue, because I just read that that when uh, uh, Tra- Trace, uh, what's her name, uh, Taylor Swift, encouraged people to register for the vote, there were sixty thousand new people voted in twenty or not voted but registered in twenty four hours. Now, I understand she has kept away from political discourse. But I also understand that now she's thinking about, you know, getting involved, expressing her opinion. And she's got, what, 50 million followers or something? Yeah, she's a, a powerful... Influencer. She's a powerful person. Right. Yeah. And let, she's in, Well, she's wealthy, but here's the issue for me. Where does she get her political insights from? She's a singer. She writes songs. She wears short dresses. She's very cute. Does great thematic uh, uh, shows. How does she... She hasn't lived... She has not even lived through a single war. Yeah. And I think that's that's important when you're talking about yeah. generation-wise, the generations. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, if, if you want to really be in favor of war, if that's your position, go watch uh, The Longest Day or... Um, any of the Guadalcanal, any of the stories where they're just killing people by the dozens. Yeah. You know? And, I'm not in favor of, of war. But well, you just I said you were in favor of war. You you said you I'm, said support the Ukraine. That's war. I'm, I'm in favor of if we made a decision that we were going to support them, we can't just abandon them. But then you're supporting a war. Yes. Okay, so you're not against supporting a war. Yeah. I am for our continued support of a war. The other two caveats. So, in other words, once we start, once we start supporting a war, you're in favor of continuing supporting the war. I'm in favor of finding a solution. You know, my book. The reason I was on El Zero TV is because of my book, "The Winsome Candidate: A New Kind of A New Kind of yeah. Approach to Leadership." And the S of Winsome stands for be a solutioner. And we're just has anybody speaking of that subject and thanks for working your book in there that's fine but speaking of that subject of all the candidates who is closest to the person that you would describe in your book as being a winsome candidate who is the closest to that in the in the book in the book no no in in real life in the book you describe being winsome which candidate is winsome as a, a conservative of sorts, but more of a moderate conservative, uh, to be able to deliver what I think would be good for America, not the whole make America great stuff, but what would be good for America is someone who has had a background. Yeah, are you going to tell us who you, uh, are going to tell us who you think, or are you just going to tease I, us? Yeah, I'm right, going to tell you, but I'm going to give you the context. All right. Someone who has had the policies of Donald Trump, which everybody says, oh, I love his policies, but I don't like his personality. All right. So what if you had somebody that had the policies of Donald Trump and more experience than Donald Trump, yeah. and you had somebody that didn't have the personality of Donald Trump, and then you attach someone like a Christy Nome, who I've been saying for months, that the perfect the perfect possible, at least for the Republican side, I think the Democrats' different deal, but the Republican side would be Mike Pence and Christy Nome. Oh, my President. God. 
Yeah. How in the I'm world could you get to Mike Pence? Years, 16 years of, uh, if people want conservative leadership, Donald Trump should step aside. He should be a kingmaker. He should, he should swallow his ego, and he could go out and make more money, and he could be still as popular. He'd have access to Washington, D.C. Uh, if Pence was president, Trump wouldn't have to worry about any kind of legal issues or jail because he could be pardoned. He could have access to Washington, D.C. He could fly all over the world and still be... Would, would, Mike, Pence, would, would Mike Pence keep funding the Ukraine war? I believe he would do what I talked about. He okay. would keep funding it, but with accountability, and then okay. Well, how do you how do you have accountability when we don't have accountability in our own Congress for where money goes? When you ship, uh, you know, forty billion dollars through like a bank transfer goes to some bank in the Ukraine, how can you account for that? You don't know where they spend that money for. A billion could be shuttled off to, to Switzerland to take care of Zelensky when he finally decides to leave the country. Well, we should have we should have accountability. It's a pretty simple thing. You, know, you hire a person for two hundred thousand dollars and give him a couple of staff members. You're talking about you are you are smoking. What are you smoking? No. Name me a program that the government has any program that has accountability. But that's why the strength well, I'm getting back to Mike Pence. Mike Pence, you said Mike Pence would support the Ukraine. And I'm suggesting that that he would, because that's what he says. He says, I'll keep sending him money. And now I'm saying, and I agree with the accountability, although, you know, we know where a lot of it goes because we just transfer it over to Raytheon or people like that. Because what is it like a, a million dollars every time they ship a rocket, right? So all I'm driving at is that if one of your issues is count, if that's your one of your issues of of supporting something is accountability, then you can never support anything because there's so lack of accountability. I mean, what's the government's budget? It's trillions of dollars. And therein lies a need for a president or someone to step forward and say we need to change the way that we spend our money in America. And that's why, you know, it's interesting. You could fix this problem. Local governments, you know, they have elected officials and they decide where the money gets spent and they right. decide the budget. But it's always within the budget of the income. And they have a city manager mm-hmm. that really directs things. City managers are powerful. If there's a city manager listening to this podcast, he's going to understand. If there's an elected official at a city level. Yeah, I don't. And I, level, and I agree with that, but we're not really talking about that. We're talking about accountability at the government, at the federal government level. Now, I, if you're suggesting that what, what, what Pence would do would be return as much of control of the funding to the states, I would agree with that, right? Uh, but he still would fund, he still would fund uh, the concept of, uh, of direct funding to the Ukraine. Uh, who knows how many people's salaries were, were paying there? So I, I, I don't know. I think we, you know, we need to, will we revisit the Ukraine issue again? Um, uh, Ukraine has been in the issues of war for what, like 400 years or something? Yeah. I mean, aren't there a lot of people in the Ukraine that basically are pro-Russia? 
Uh, yeah, yes. exactly. Um, so I remember the, uh, in, you know, we had the, the, remember when Israel was declared a country and nobody agreed with that. And we had the famous, uh, uh, oh, the, uh, it was called the, the Exodus boat where they took 800 people over and just dropped them off. And finally, Israel started to have a country because they, they had to get the Palestinians to move aside. But there were several wars. Um, it was named after the boat was named after the biblical Exodus. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, all the all the uh, the Jewish people were over in uh, uh, places that England control England control. They were all the you know immigrants after the war. And uh, Truman says, hey, we're going to make an Israel. But the Palestinians who occupied the territory said, well, we're not going to allow the Jewish people to come in. And the British didn't help. So finally, that they took over 700 people and dropped them off. And that was the beginning of a real country there. But those people had to fight their way to get to get the geographical country that Truman had already promised them. Yeah. So you I'm know, not sure. A, Go ahead. A sidebar, a sidebar to this, but one of the challenges, it was good when it started, but the United Nations has really become uh, something that really does not serve the world now. They talk like they do. They come there and they take their shoe off and they pound on the table or they give a speech. It's a joke. They really don't have like the united nations started out to be where you know maybe it should be the united nations condemning russia of course russia can block that yeah they're not going to condemn themselves right we need to rework the money spent and what the united nations does because of all things we've become more global but yet the united nations you hardly ever hear about them anymore well you know you heard about them when trump was president because he says i'm not sending you any more money I'm not funding you anymore because nobody right. else nobody else chips in. This is one of the one of the good things that Donald yeah. Trump did. He yes. said, "Just stop it because what's the point? You want us to fight the wars? You, you, the United Nations can't fight the wars. You want us to fight the wars? You want us to support the UN? And all the UN does is funnel that money into third world countries." Right. That so, was absolutely one. Uh, so Trump said, "You know, get rid of it." Donald Trump is bad for America, but he has some very good ideas because he had a fresh perspective in looking at things. Well, I, I think he had what I call a common sense perspective, uh, even like the climate change, when they voted to uh, put up this big uh, fund of money for climate change, who was asked to put up the most money? America. Who wasn't asked to put up money? China. Who refused to put up money? China. <laughs> Did France and Germany put up money? No, they wanted America to fund the whole climate change thing out of the World Bank. In the World Bank, by the way, where do they get their money from? America. Yeah, most of it in America, yeah. So, um, yeah, good, excellent, excellent points. And that's why, again, I think going back to my statement that guess who served alongside as a yeah. co-partner in leading the country, Mike Pence. So he could yeah, I, I, I think Mike lacks a grit. I like him, and I think he's a likable person. He's like, everybody likes vanilla ice cream. Well, it's not that everybody likes it. It's that it's hard not to like vanilla ice cream, right? Eat it with you can eat it with apple pie, eat it with cherry pie, but if you want to really get some good flavor, you won't get won't get vanilla ice cream. So Pence is like that for me. He doesn't have the grit to tell the UN I'm not going to give you any more money. He doesn't have the grit to say I don't mind funding climate change, but everybody else has got to kick in too. And if we're going to we're going to create regulations in the United States, this is an important thing, important point. 
If we're going to create regulation in the United States to basically control climate change, and those regulations affect businesses, and no other country does, guess what that means? It means these other countries are making more products and shipping them back to the United States because the cost of doing business in the United States has gone up because of the regulations. And that's part of the issue. So Pence has to have some grit. He, he has to be able to say, Pence has to be able to say, I'm in favor of climate change, but we can't be the the full the sole funder. We're we're less than ten percent of the world's population. I think that that would be his stance. And, and I, I think he'd write him a check. Talks. No, I think he'd write him a check because I don't think he's tough enough to tell him I'm not going to be the only funder. And if China's not going to kick in the money, if they're not going to kick in the regulations, then I'm not going to do it either because I think he gets too much pressure from uh, the uh, climate change people. He's not tough enough. To follow common sense. That's what I'm driving at. I think this is one of those stay tuned things. I actually think he's playing the old Muhammad Ali when uh, yeah. uh, Muhammad Ali did the what was called the rope dopa He kind of stayed up and you know took the punches. I think that yeah. some of these other candidates are going to drop out. And I still believe the right path is for Donald Trump to recognize his situation. He could he could have credit for doing some very good things. Supreme Court, what yeah. he did, the economy, uh, energy, uh, the way he treated you know stood up to the world, and he could say, and Mike Pence will carry those forward because he was my boy, and I made him. Even though Mike right. Pence was a governor, a congressman, a radio personality, he's done more than in in his life than than Donald Trump could ever dream of doing. And Donald Trump could say, this is my choice. He could knight him. Well, and, of course, he loves – he's already said he loves Christy Noem. So, yes, yeah. Noem is Trump without the personality of Trump and and the exact candidate that, that was floated by Trump. And yeah, I think you have a good point. I think you have a good point there. As much as I don't think Pence has any charisma, doesn't have any grit – not tough enough to make common sense decisions, even though I, I espouse those things. Uh, he might be the final candidate, but let's jump around for a second too. Let's kind of go back to, pardon me. Well, I don't know, you know. Um, but anyway, let's, let's let's jump back to education for a second. We're, we've been going for about thirty minutes now, and 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 and. Uh, I want to keep this, uh, you know, genuine and kind of exciting. And I think we've got some really good points. And if you're listening to us, you're probably disagreeing with some things we're saying, agreeing with others. And you can certainly reach out to me at webtalkwithbob at gmail.com and uh, give me your comments. Uh, and if they're positive, I'll, I'll bring them up. And if they're negative, I, I probably won't. But go ahead now. But get back to education for a second, because... This is an important issue for all the candidates, correct? Yes. How are we going to fix a situation that we have in Maryland where the report says 200 schools in Maryland representing you know, thousands of students, less than 5% are math proficient? What are we going to do about the educational system? You know, and you go out and wonder, because I always try to look at the 365 degrees and the historic perspective, because uh, you and I have a little few gray hairs, we could do that. But even in this current, whenever that was taken, that yeah. research was done, got to remember with COVID, kids were out of school for two and a half or three years. And 
I strongly believe that this remote education is what damaged a lot of kids. I think it literally socially, educationally, uh, even in their personalities has damaged this. Well, that's an interesting generation. thought. Uh, Blue Valley that's schools. Why that's why that report says that. Well, no, I don't think so. Really uh, give me, let me let me give you really a, let me give you a counterexample. Uh, I have, we have three big public schools in the area, the Blue Valley schools, and they were not helped hurt by COVID at all. 95% of the kids go to college. They're all math proficient. Um, so they, they got through it. Okay. I, I think it's more, uh, more related to other items than just COVID. Um, I was, I, I'll, I'll give you one sidebar. For example, I was just this morning at a grandparents day at a school where my grandchild goes, the place was packed. I mean, there was hundreds of grandparents there, hundreds. And uh, on Parents' Day, it's the same thing. Uh, my, my feeling is that what's really going on over the last 20 or 30 years is the total destruction of the family. And uh, so if you go down to an inner city school, Kansas City, Missouri School District, and go to Parents' Day, you're probably not going to see very many parents. Because the parents aren't involved in their education, their children, like they are in the family unit. Strong families, in my mind, produce strong children, which produce children that show up for school and do their homework. The uh, uh, Baltimore, they say the reason the schools are so bad is because it's corruption, crime, and the teachers aren't any good. And look at our charter schools. Our charter schools in Missouri do real well. And uh, uh, we have... Uh, uh, on the Kansas City, Missouri side, we have two really good charter schools. Uh, one is called the University Academy, and the other is uh, uh, Academy de Francois. It's a, you know, charter schools have to have a theme. Yes. So, but the beauty of the charter schools are a couple things. First, charter schools get public money just like the public schools. The same, they get the same amount per, per capita. But the charter schools aren't limited by private funding. Public schools are. A charter school could get millions of dollars from the public, from the state, but another $20 million from private funders. But public schools can't get private funding. They're limited at the private funding level. That's one difference. Second, the charter schools can fire their teachers. Public schools can't. And the third, and I think the biggest thing, is that every five years, a charter school has to reapply to the State Board of Education for accreditation. If they don't pass, they get canceled. Now compare that to a public school. Once you have a public school, they're never canceled. They have problems. They oh, they get a new they get a new supervisor. They hire new people, but they don't get canceled. The charter schools run the risk if they don't produce what they say they're going to produce in terms of graduates. Their charter can be taken back from them. And we've actually had a couple of charter schools in Missouri that were canceled because after five years, they weren't producing the educational level that they suggest that they were supposed to produce. So they got canceled. What about the public schools? Let's take these schools in Maryland. They're not producing what they're supposed to produce. Are they canceled? No. They get keep doing that. <laughs> Whatever they're doing so that nobody is math proficient, they're just going to keep doing it. Nothing's going to change. Because nothing is forcing them to change. They don't have to change. Pardon me? Therein lies a challenge for leadership is how you do that. Now, you mentioned earlier on 
your conversation about the the schools that you know you're familiar with right. in Johnson County, uh, Kansas, which is a, an affluent. It used to be in the top ten most affluent counties in the country. Now it's probably still in the top yeah. uh, fifty or so. So, and that is therein lies the challenge of the disparity of the economic uh, prowess of certain communities and how they do it. Now, this is something I just uh, learned. This, this doesn't, doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. A Kansas City public school gets the same amount of money per student as a public school in Kansas. So they all have the same amount of money per student. So you can't just say Johnson County schools do better because it's an affluent area. I think they do better because the parents show up and affect the education. If teachers are not teaching... But when it comes to money, Bob, I mean, yep. we could have this conversation and we'd have to go through two podcasts probably. Right. But there's also donations and fundraising and things that are capable economic-wise that happen in Johnson County that don't happen in, in a Kansas City, Missouri. Well, that part, that part is true, but just to kind of put a cap on that, all public schools have a limit on what they can get for private funding. Now, I, I kind of agree there's probably ways to get around that, like they fund athletics sure. and things like that, right? Almost the way sure. the colleges do it, right? right? Taxpayers don't fund the KU basketball team, but the alumni does. That's why they can pay pay the, uh, pay the what's the name, uh, uh, Bill Self, four or five million a year, but they pay the best teacher 200 grand. So I agree with I agree with all that. Now this is some interesting things we're bringing up. We've talked about the oh let's let's talk about the trial. We've got about another uh, two or three minutes left, and uh, let's talk about the trial. And by the way, listeners, I'm I want you to know that Dan and I, as you can tell, we don't agree on everything, and we're not here to agree on everything, right? Both of us are strong enough to express your own opinions and we don't have to agree. And I'm hopefully our listeners, you won't agree on everything we're saying either. Maybe you'll agree with, with, uh, uh, zip Daniels, right. Or with Bob and fine. You can, you can give me an email on that. We'll bring it up at the next podcast, but we're going to do a lot of podcasts. Cause you remember some of you may that Dan and I had a radio show for a long time and, uh, we had listeners and, uh, I wish we could have syndicated it, but, we couldn't get the right amount of sponsors to do it. Now we have about, I have to this podcast uh, on iTunes, I have about 200 people that are registered to, that get, every time I do a podcast, they get notification that the podcast is up. So you'll get this notification and tell your friends about it because we're going to have these conversations more now. What a great period of time to have it with the Ukraine, with uh, the influencers going on on social media, uh, with the budget coming up, with Biden and Trump, you know Trump may go to jail. Hell, he may go to jail and still run for president. I don't, I don't know, uh, because the justice system is—it's uh, bizarre. If you're watching very much of it at all, it's kind of a bizarre system. Maybe we're all getting educated about the justice system—not how good it is or how bad it is, but 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 how it's still people. It's people trying to do the right thing I, I don't I'm not saying that the that the judge in the and the uh, trial for Trump is a crook or anything nothing like that I firmly believe she or he is trying to do the right thing in their own mind I don't believe anybody's deliberately saying oh I'm just going to go out and take advantage of and, and push on Trump 
some people say that, oh, we're just picking on Trump. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe people really believe he's bad for the country, that they're really doing what they believe. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to do in this podcast here is, is let people know that, you know, Dan and I are speaking our own minds. You don't have to agree with this, but I, hopefully you'll listen to us and maybe it'll trigger an idea in your head. Now, uh, just in the last couple of minutes, Dan, what other things are on your mind that maybe we'll bring up at the next uh, next podcast? Yeah, and I just want to say with a smile and add to what you said about uh, yourself and our program is I've always said about you, Bob, you're insightful and you're insightful. You're insightful with I-N-S-I-G-H-T because you have a lot of insight and you're insightful because you incite people, incite not, you, know, you, you stir them up, you incite them. So, well, I don't, yeah, I don't want anybody going to, going to the administration and trying to break into the government. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, there's so many things we could talk about. Well, you and I joked about uh, a program, you know, the Seinfeld show became famous because they said it's a show about nothing. It's about right. if you're a Seinfeld fan, nothing. Well, we, there's, there's always things to talk about, and that's what we'll find because there is something. There's something that people want to get some insight. And I think today they probably got some insight from what you said. Uh, things that that I said, and I hope they just continue to join us uh, weekly or a couple times a week, as often as we do it. Because they'll they'll as you said, we we can agree to disagree and laugh and and, and smile, and um, we'll see what happens. Lots of times, history proves it. History, and when we had that radio show, guess what? It was the time when between the mm-hmm. Android phones the iPhones were being battled. You, I said, iPhone, 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 Apple, Apple, Apple. Guess what? You absolutely were right. And that was in 2008 or nine sure. when it was in the beginning. And my last thought, um, well, that's not true. I never have a last thought. Anybody that knows me knows that's not true. So let's just say my, one of my last thoughts today that I want to, and I want you to think about this, Dan, for the next session, as soon as we can do it, and that's going to be on economics. It's going to be on, can we really cure inflation by continuing to raise the interest rates and pushing money from the equity market over to the bond market? Anybody in equities now is losing money for the most part because the bond market is getting all the money. The, the, the money is moving over to bonds. And, and, and why is that? It's because the Federal Reserve thinks, believes... They, they took some economics course, I guess, years ago, believes the way you cure inflation is making things so expensive nobody can afford them. The, 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 stu- yes. the stupidity of that escapes me. And I look forward to that conversation because right. I always learn from you. And, you know, I as I matriculated my way through that Citadel of Higher Education, mm-hmm. the University of Nebraska, mm-hmm. I got a C-minus C- in economics that led to my 2.2 GPA. Uh, but uh, I've still done a couple things successful in life, even with that. Well, and you, so I look forward to that. And uh, we're going to sign off here in a minute. I want to thank all my listeners for listening in to this podcast it's longer than normal. In the past, my podcasts were all 14 to 15 minutes. They're going to be longer now. Why? Because we're going to cover more material. You can listen to it when you're in the car. You can listen to it when you're trying to go to sleep at night and you want to have your mind challenge. Uh, and we're going to hit this economics issue uh, pretty hard because the market is going in the tank. Uh, people are selling their stocks and moving over to equities. 
and there's some economic issues that that are very important that I don't see the candidates talking that much about. I mean, if you go way, way back to Clinton, where that famous Democrat always said, it's the economics, stupid. It's, it's about money. That's what people are worried about. And I think it's true. Uh, right. Your 401k is probably down 10 or 15% right now. So listen, guys, one last point. If you're a listener, you are a listener. If you are a listener and you listen to all of this and you say, Sherwood and Snell, I want to get on that show because I think you guys are crazy. I think you're nuts. I want to get on there and argue my point. Hey, send me an email, webtalkwithbob at gmail.com, and Dan and I will, uh, you know, take a look at your resume and your background. And if we think we that that you know you can you you're worthwhile to be on the show, well, if you're worthwhile to be on the show, we'll probably turn you down. But if it's but otherwise, we'll probably let you on. We'd yeah, like to I have some. To echo that so they remember that web talk with Bob at gmail.com. They can you and I have broad shoulders and thick skin. I don't care. We'll laugh if they call if they write into you web talk yep. with Bob at gmail and they say that Dan is totally whacked. I. I don't like anything he said, or they don't like anything you said. I think we'll welcome that. We'll smile. Yeah. Webtalkwithbob at gmail.com. Right, and don't think you're going to get on here just because you and I agree about with about Dan Snell. <laughs> okay, group, uh, thanks a lot. Thank you, Dan. Uh, uh, let's touch base here in a few minutes. But uh, we're now signing off. Have a good day. Listen to us, right? We got some stuff to say.